Welcome to the Jewelers Podcast, the podcast that talks to jewelers, retailers, and industry supporters about their experiences and insights into the jewelry industry. The Jewelers Podcast is part of the Jewelry Industry Network. Whether you're a jeweler, retailer, supplier, valuer, gemologist, teacher, or student, the Jewelry Industry Network is here to help you build your business in the jewelry industry. Join us today with a free membership at www.jewelryindustrynetwork.com. We can't wait to work with you. Are you looking to sell your jewellery business? Perhaps you're looking to downsize or move locations, or perhaps you're ready to retire and close your shop. If you have a jewellery store and are looking for a buyer, we may have a solution for you. Have a chat to us today and discuss your situation so that we can help you find the right fit. You could save money on defit costs, get paid for stock, and even get paid for fixtures and fittings, saving you time and money. Our buyers are looking for stores in shopping centre locations in Australian cities, and they would love to chat to you if you're looking to sell. Please get in touch with us by emailing lauram at jewelleryindustrynetwork.com to find out more. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Jewelers Podcast. We are really excited today because we're joined by Catherine P.V. Trawartha from My Jewelry Shop. Hello, Catherine. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah Welcome to the, uh, the Jewelers Podcast, Catherine. It's, uh, it's great to have another local Gold Coast person <laughs> joining us on here today. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Happy to be here. I wish I was there. It's, it's not <laughs> bad weather down here at the moment, but I'm sure it's much better in the Goldie. <laughs> Yeah, it's beautiful today and no storms today, so it's lovely. How's business going for you at the moment, Catherine, with, um, well, with the years that we've had recently? Actually, we're, we're doing very, very well. Um, we've been quite strategic um, in the last couple of years. That has paid off for us in the last 18 months. Um, we are very much focused on our local community and um, those that live and work close to our store and we've really nurtured that connection to our community so it has taken quite some time to do that um, and to change people's habits and mindset but yeah in times of crisis such as COVID it's actually um, paid off and and we've been um, very very happy to be honest. Oh that's great news that's yeah you're probably one of the the few that's had um, you know a really good foundation to be able to put into a disastrous <laughs> couple of years that we've yeah had. yeah so, so, so tell us a little bit about your background in the jewelry industry because you, you've got a famous last name being Peavy uh, so everyone yes. kind of guess that you come from the jewelry center so tell us a bit more about that yes actually I am very privileged and very blessed um, to have grown up really at the jewelry center in Brisbane um, so my parents Ted and Trish started that back in uh, 1975 and um, yeah, I, I really, I worked every long weekend, every school holidays and every day off. I could not wait to go to work with my mum and dad. Aww. And um, I grew up on the Gold Coast and the business was in Brisbane. So um, it was a bit of a trek to get to work and back, but I didn't care. I just loved it. And um, I think I had, um, I had very supportive parents and they really nurtured that entrepreneurial spirit in both myself and my sister. So I know I had my first side hustle at the age of nine. I was selling jewellery to the kids at school in a 
you know, a little box. I'd go to school and dad taught me how to do stock take and I had a cash float and I had a little receipt book. And unfortunately the school closed me down because I always said there was too much money passing through my hands for such a young child. But, um, yeah, you know, we were, we were taught to be very responsible with things like that. So, um, yeah. And honestly, all through school and, um, and when I left school, I just loved going to work, loved being at the jewelry centre. So, and, you know, being such a, a diverse company that dealt with all three buying groups, all of the independents, we were travelling internationally. So we really got to see all sides of the industry from importing, manufacturing, wholesaling. And then I would love going to do store visits. So get to know all of the retailers around Australia. So, and, you know, it was such, like a great big family, really. And I look back now and I think, oh, what a what a blessing it is. And, um, and really, yeah, a lot of them are like extended aunts and uncles, really, yeah. that I've known for, for so long. So Wow. It's like is being it- in an apprenticeship in the, the resale, retail and wholesale side of the, the whole jewellery industry, really. Like you've seen it from such a young age uh, from the wholesale side and then dealing with buying groups and the retail side. It's a, it's a pretty vast amount of information you were you know, neck deep in from such a young age <laughs> yeah and you know work never stopped at work um having to drive an hour and a bit to get to work and home with my dad you know we would talk business all the way there all the way back and even at dinner table christmas lunch you know there's in much to my poor mum's disgust we never <laughs> stopped talking about business so um but we love absolutely love what we do yeah, so I'm guessing there was never a question about you doing anything other than jewellery? Uh, there was actually a, a small moment when I left school. I worked for the ANZ Bank for a couple of years but then suddenly realised that uh, I wasn't going to go too far. I actually rang my dad and said, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, can I just have a job <laughs> until I find something else? And I think within six weeks my mum had retired and handed her. she saw it as a great opportunity to uh, semi-retire and handed it all to me and um, I've never looked back. So I started doing all the buying. I think it would have been about 19 years old at the JC. So, um, and that was my job was to look after. We had 11 reps on the road um, and do the buying and travel with dad and had a huge team on the floor. So quite a dynamic business. And wow. Yeah, very, wow. very thankful for all of the things that I learned there. Why did you decide to start your own business? Obviously, you said earlier you've got a very entrepreneurial side to you. Is that what it was or was there something else driving you towards starting your own store and business? Um, well, I got I met my husband, David, in the year 2000 and we were married, but I was still living in Brisbane and working at the jewellery centre. He was a flight instructor down on the Gold Coast, so one of us was going to have to move. And I saw that as a – I sort of sat back and – waited and waited and I found a, a store on the Gold Coast that was desperately in need of some help and I, it used to drive me crazy. I would see it and every Monday I would go back to my dad and say, I've got to buy it and I've got to make something fabulous out of that store. And he said, okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. So I did, just got in there and tried to immerse myself in the Burley community and um, but as soon as I was in there on my own, I knew I was in the right place. I absolutely loved. That's so awesome. Because I, I know from previous chats with you that you're you're in with Showcase quite early. Like that that store that you've taken over. Like, did it take you long to change that into a Showcase store, or was it one when you got it? 
Uh, no, it was an independent store and quite a small store. Um, we did a sort of a minor shop fit when we got in there. And then within um, the first 12 months, we knew that we had to completely demolish that store, rebrand it. And so at that point, then it was, um, it was in the Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And um, we had joined Showcase Jewelers. And so I thought, well, why don't we just call it Burley Showcase Jewelers? It gives it some, you know, sense Love of community flavor. there being named in Burley. And, um, yeah, so uh, that's when I sort of started as part of the showcase group then, so back in 2002. Oh, wow, yeah. We joined as a member in 2002, and very quickly I was invited um, by management and the board to become part of a product and buying committee for Showcase Jewellers because I have my uh, history with the Jewellery Centre and also my experience in in travelling internationally and being able to buy for for the buying groups and buy in bulk I could look at something and say am I are we going to as a group is it worth putting into a catalogue what's it going to look like what's a sell-through going to be do we need to keep stock um so all of those things came into play so I was on that um part of that team for about 11 years Mm. and I learned a lot in that too you know paging up catalogues just layouts price pointing um and being able to think all right is someone in Tamworth or um Tasmania or Darwin going to be able to sell this and then how how is that going to look in the catalogue and is that a benefit to the group so yeah I thoroughly enjoyed that actually yeah that's fascinating because that would have been a really um like a perfect job for you to do considering your history with the jewelry center but also quite a different um role in itself and you don't just have customers with the jewelry center to answer to you've then got a membership group to answer to absolutely dynamic entirely very much it was very very different and and thoroughly enjoyable and also I was exposed to a lot of product and categories that I didn't have experience in such Mm. as watches and giftware um diamonds so it was a big learning curve for me but I I embraced I absolutely loved it yeah it was great fun and and it was really um very rewarding at the end uh you know post post promotion to actually look back and see what worked what didn't work and how we could continually improve that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that. With your transition, um, obviously you started um, Burley Showcase Jewelers. Did you, you then obviously have changed the store quite a lot to having an online presence? And I believe you had a Pandora store at some stage too. What was it like to have that major transition between all of the different brands that you owned? Um, when we first started in our shopping centre as Burley Showcase Jewelers, we were very much a multi-branded, um, predominantly silver store. Yeah. And uh, and we did do a lot of repairs and, and a little bit of remake and remodelling, but not a lot. It was really the mum and dad bread and butter shoppers um, that we catered for in that store. And we were one of the first um, five stores that were offered Pandora when it first was launching in Australia. And um, I was a little hesitant, I must say, at the very beginning. And I, and I had my wholesale hat on for a minute and thought, how can they sell that charm for that much? But we were very quick to um, embrace it. And, uh, yeah, we absolutely, you know, it, it was it was wonderful for us and helped us grow their business. And we reinvested those funds back into growing our diamond business and moving um, a little away from the brands and into more into fine jewellery at that point um and then around 2009 I was really starting to recognize that that the online 
um, sales were going to be a really important part of our business. So we launched um, my jewellery shop as a separate standalone online only business back in 2010. So, you know, 11 years ago, that really didn't exist. Even your most uh, world famous luxury brands were not selling online. And that was probably one of the biggest challenges I faced in the industry was to go to market and go to our suppliers and face them and say, I'm going to, this is what I would like to do Mm. is to um, have your brand represented on our website. We will Mm. obviously um, uphold the integrity and and DNA of each and every brand. Um, And that was such a challenge. Mm. I, I, I was told no so many times, but I just had, I just knew that I had to just keep going. Mm. So while it's, you know, now in 2021, it's expected that everybody would have an online store but Mm. the the time that it took to create the website launch it get product on nobody even had a photograph of their products back then they just were not geared up at all for online and Mm. while it has been very time consuming and unbelievably expensive it is an absolute critical part of um, any business now is to really have a, a very strong online presence and particularly social media presence and to be able to personalize that to your um, to your store to your brand to your area your community and not be like everybody else don't try and copy others but just be really true to who you are and, and um, hopefully that resonates with your locals and your followers and your fans. Mm. Mm. There's some pretty big directional shifts within your within what you're doing as a retailer as well over all that time. You've also got your finger on the pulse and constantly watching what's coming and, and taking some punts and what you think is going to work yeah. in the future. It's uh, like, like they're big gambles, you know, spending all that money and building websites, going uh, e-commerce. As you say, one of the early, early stores to be doing it. Um, so where do you see us going over the next five years? What do you think? Uh, everyone needs to be looking out for. Oh, listen in. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. There's a good question. Um, look, I think that um, digital, everything digital and social media is crucial. And I, in the conversations that I have with other retailers, I, you know, I am often asked for advice and I think it really comes down to that person's love of the store, their long-term plans, uh, you know, and there's two very different ways to look at that. If you are geared up and able to commit not only the money but the time, the energy, the passion and the long-term vision to, to really make digital successful for your business, then go for it. And, you know, it will take twice as much and cost, and cost twice as much as you think it will. And if you're up for that challenge then go in and, and have a go. If that's not for you, and I know that there are other store owners that perhaps think in five years I'd like to be retired, there's still ways that they can bring their brand online, but maybe it's not an e-commerce store. Maybe it's just having a lovely website and, and using that time and energy into their social media rather than trying to struggle running a shopping cart. Because mm. every single, there are so many challenges to running an e-commerce store 
and being active across all social platforms every minute of every day. And you really have to have a really good team behind you to be able to pull that together and make it work. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just, just the stress of creating content alone for most businesses is too much for them to even want to manage, let alone, you know, them doing it. So that's really good advice to be able to, you know, go listen, depending on where you are at with your retail store, choose yeah. the avenues that are going to work best for you. Yeah. yeah. Don't overcommit in, in time, energy or money. Mm. Um, you are better to maybe take a step back and say, you know what, I'm actually really happy to have a beautiful website that maybe you're, if you're part of a buying group, that I know that all of the groups now offer that as a service, is have them build a really lovely website for you that isn't going to take a lot of maintenance. Just freshen it up regularly but not have to be there every day. Mm. And then have your team in your store create some content and it can be fun and colourful and really personal to your store and just worry about Facebook or just mm. worry about Instagram. And don't overcommit your time and energy to trying to be everything to everybody on every platform because you'll burn out. Mm. The bottom line is be there, be digital in be some there. way. And I, <laughs> that's right. And I always say to our girls, you know, it's like the dripping tap. You've just got to be there a little bit everywhere and people will remember you. Yeah. And it has to be really genuine in, you know, in, and in the voice and the tone and the look and feel of your store that really suits your store. Mm, and just mm. stick to it and it's very easy to try and think oh that those people are doing it this way and that color looks lovely and it's like no 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 you've got to just stay really focused and not be distracted by the other shiny pretty things that other people are doing great advice great advice (laughs) that's really interesting and it's this is a bit of a a circle a circular question but um so you talk about obviously being your authentic self and being active in your local community and you said earlier about really uh reaching out to some of some of your local customers, uh, which I, I wonder then, like being e-commerce, do you find a, a lot of your customers who are buying online, are they still local people or are you, you're getting a customer base internationally or right across the country? Because it, it's a pretty iconic name, my jewelry shop. Um, we have both. We do have a, a very good firm base of Gold Coast clients um, that have, some have known us from our early burly showcase days or have visited in store here. And once they get to know you and they, you know, they see you on social and they know you're a real store and, and they have that emotional connection to you, they're very, very comfortable to shop online. I do find also a lot of our clients will do a lot of research online but still choose to come in to the store or they'll purchase and then pick up in store. And then casting the net wider, we do sell all across Australia, New Zealand, and now a couple of places within Europe and the US that we've been sending to. But we haven't, again, we haven't tried to be everything to everybody. If they find us and they inquire, then we're happy to accommodate that. But I'd, we'd rather put the energy into nurturing our local Australian clients. Yeah, well, I guess that also leads me on to some of the work you do in the local community. Like, like I know you're, um, you're mentoring some of the, the talented young youth youth coming through in both the uh, design and arts areas and judging competitions. So, so tell us a bit more about that, like, because it's obviously quite an exciting thing to be doing, uh, getting out there and giving back to the community. Yeah, it is actually. It is very, very rewarding. And I was, I was quite blessed as a young adult to have that nurturing 
uh, both from my family and family friends within the trade, but also externally I was associated with Rotary from a very young age and you just feel great giving back and it's something that the more you give, the better you feel and you making such a difference to so many people's lives. So now that we're in retail and we try and get out into the community, I am still quite active within Rotary and also with the Women in Business Awards of Australia and a couple of other things where we will mentor up-and-coming designers in fashion, in jewellery and really just in business. Um, And I absolutely love sitting down with particularly young women who maybe haven't had, definitely haven't had the upbringing that I've had, had, haven't had parents to nurture that that business now so that entrepreneurial spirit and to sit down and help them and guide them not tell them what to do but just be there as a backup to um, someone that they can come to to ask questions how do I start what do I do next and yeah I really really just I get a lot out of doing that Mm. what kinds of women are these are they are they already in business or are they starting something or they're not really sure where they want to what they want to do in life and so these you sort of guide them through that pathway what what stages are they normally at um, most of them have at least started something and it may be just a brand name and an idea and some photos or it may be that they've tried and failed and tried and failed and they still just want to keep going and they just need some help so we literally sit down and start from scratch do a business plan websites social look and feel of the business who are they targeting where are they sourcing product from how are they going to finance it are they holding stock are they outsourcing um and then how are they going to present that to market even right down to packaging labeling dispatch follow-up automation everything yeah (laughs) so yeah it is actually very very rewarding to see where they start and where they finish yeah, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. How did you even get into this? Is it something that you have set up or, or you know, what was the uh, There's a circle of friends you? that, yeah, we're all involved um, heavily within the Gold Coast community. It started really is the Women in Business Awards yeah. and it started here on the coast. And we started with a couple of categories and over nine, I think we're up to nine years now that it's developed and expanded. And then we also have other friends who are involved in the fashion. It started with fashion and they got into um, active wear, leisure wear, surf wear, and then jewellery and accessories came into that as well. So that's where I would come in as a mentor and we'd spend one day a month and they'd have to start the program and then at the end of the 12 months they'd have to have their full business up running and be judged on that and then present the product that they developed over that year. Oh, fantastic. Like a Berlin. And ready to go to market. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's such a good initiative and it would give them so much confidence to then actually make that next transition into having a you know a real life running business that they've got the back oh, yeah and- definitely and mm-hmm. and we find that probably nine months into the 12 months they're they're going and they've got stockists and they're in some beautiful stores and resorts and some of the lovely islands hamilton island and Lindemann mm. and yeah so mm. they're fantastic yeah. it's really good yeah yeah, yeah it's wonderful there's, there's lots of new um, emerging businesses happening in the jewellery industry at the moment. Do you think there's a difference between the new up-and-coming uh, business owners in jewellery versus who 
is currently or was in the jewelry industry back in the day? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I, I know and it's something that I I follow and look at and ponder and sort of nearly reflect on daily. Um and wonder if I was young again how would I do things differently and what can I learn from them I think now for those of us that have been in business for some time really need to embrace this next generation coming through whether they be on the bench or out in your store or just have a creative flair bring them into your bring them into the business bring them into the fold let them learn and you will be amazed at how beneficial it will be for your business Um, and it's something again I've been quite strategic in and particularly probably the last five years is that I've taken on school-based trainees within the business and they've stayed with me through high school and right through university and you again you're nurturing them every time they're in the store they're learning people skills life skills business skills social media retailing and, and things that they would never have exposure to if they just went and got a job at Kmart and McDonald's. Mm. And um, and so I've really enjoyed that and I will continue to do that, is to bring younger people into the business. So um, part of that decision also was to stop outsourcing anything that we didn't have to and bring all of the talent inside and, and bring it into the business. So all of our digital social photography is all done in-house um, and we've brought a lot of younger girls into the business and it is a different way of managing to the old school um, where it's, you know, I find if you set a task or an expectation or this is what we would like to achieve and then take a step back and let them do it the way they think it should be done, monitor it but don't stand over them and tell them what to do because you will be amazed at how brilliant they are Mm. and things that you would never think of yourself it's like holy guacamole that is fabulous and they (laughs) will do it in 10 times faster than you will ever do it yeah Yeah. and you'll be amazed and also encourage them to learn let them go on to youtube for the last hour of every day and teach themselves Mm. this is something i really i ask my staff to do regularly Teach yourself something today that you didn't know when you arrived here this morning. And I don't care whether it's coding, photography, selling skills, management, gemology, diamond grade, I don't mind. But just keep training yourself every day in something new because I can't learn it all. So I need a team that's passionate and that can teach me things too. I love that. That is so good. Everybody should be working for Catherine, I think. Yeah, that's a really good way to, well, it's, I mean, self-taught things like that is gives them some passion about it. And especially if it does in some way relate to the business, then you've got, you know, that benefiting the business too. It's a really smart Absolutely. business owner, um, you know, gives them a little bit of free reign, but it's, it's going to come back to you threefold, which is fantastic. That's yeah. And getting back to your question now about emerging designers and young people coming through, I think that the one thing that probably differs from the way I was taught was that there used to be a right way and a wrong way. And that was the way you chose, you know, you were told what to do. Whereas the younger designers coming through are not afraid to be themselves. They're not afraid to be authentic. They're not afraid to get out there with 
you know, not perfectly done makeup or the outfit's not perfect or something's not, they're just, they're there and they are who they are and consumers are loving it. Well, that's your And, and then that's probably well. my biggest challenge right now is to get over myself and get back out there and um, <laughs> be more visible, I suppose, and tell well, my story, which the younger it, ones do so easily, but I sort of just tend to sit back on that a little. <laughs> yeah. But, but the fact that you've got, you know, younger people coming in and, and doing their thing and it's appealing to the consumer is the perfect thing to notice because that means that the consumer is that younger person as well so they are going to be receptive to to different ways of designing and and thinking and you know putting themselves out there because that's that's them that's the same age bracket so mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense to bring in people who are speaking to that same demographic yeah and don't look at the young ones that are sitting on their phone or sitting on their laptop or sitting on the computer all day as you know, being lazy or spending their day on social media, they're very savvy with their time. They know exactly what they're, they're doing. And particularly if they've got an expectation or a task or something that, that needs to be achieved, just stand back and let them do it because mm-hmm. you yeah, you will be amazed. And consider it as essential as you're seeing your diamond salesperson out the front because, quite honestly, if you don't have that engine room out the back running flat out, with a team of really talented younger people, then the, with all respect, the older senior salespeople out the front are going to run out of customers. So mm-hmm. have one less person on the floor and have one extra helping and supporting you with everything social and digital and it will pay off. Love it. Yeah, that's fantastic to see how much you're really championing uh, young people both in your business and out in the community and uh it's not easy to embrace that too when you've been brought up in a different environment under different rules but to to make that change like that's got to be a conscious change that you've chosen to do like like at some point you've noticed that i suppose and thought no this is the way of the future absolutely and i think my upbringing has a lot to do with that i was very blessed that i had very supportive parents and in particular um through my career with the jewelry center i always say my dad was a teacher not a teller he never told us what to do he made us think for ourselves all the time he would always say how do you think we should do it? what do you think we should do and it really makes you have to think for yourself and be very independent and so that's something that i like to then pass on to the teams that work with me is don't tell them what to do, ask them. And you you collectively, and even if they don't get the whole thing, collectively as a team you'll find that they'll work it out and they know what's best. They really do. So put some faith in them and, um, yeah, let them shine. Catherine, you're on the board of Showcase Jewelers as well. Do you yes. talk to Showcase about um, about younger generations and bringing them into the mix of the group or how do you have that conversation with them? Is there a conversation to even have with them? We do talk about it, definitely. And um, I've been on the board now just over three years. Um, within the office, um, they have quite a young, dynamic team there to support the members and the demand for um, more content and more support is definitely there from 
from the members, and it will be the same for all, all of the groups, I'm sure, um, is to ensure that there is that support because older retailers don't know a lot of this and they don't have the young people or then maybe they don't have family or children or grandchildren even that can give them a hand and you don't you don't know what you don't know so um we will we are trying to champion for that change um and make sure that there is that support and that fresh new young mindset there um for all the retailers to draw on whenever they need it and it's not for every single store but for the majority, they will get some, you know, there's something there for everybody, really. What's on the cards for my jewellery shop in the next couple of years? Whatever you can tell us. There's probably some trade secrets, like new <laughs> e-commerce things that you don't want everybody to know yet. But what can you share with us about your plans for the future? I'm actually very transparent and I don't really worry about sharing things. What's for the future? I have some really, really big plans for um, for the future of my jewellery shop. Um, over, particularly over the last couple of years, we've transitioned a lot more out of branded product and really creating our own brand. So that's where I'll be spending my time, my energy, and really nurturing my jewellery shop as a brand. And I would probably say that that's what we all should be doing is look after our own store, our team, our staff, our community, and don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Look for opportunity and stay, try and stay on top of what's happening with trends and fashion. And, and there are some amazing young designers coming out there. Don't try and copy them, but just be aware of what's going on because you will have customers come and ask. Um, I will definitely be looking to uh, grow our diamond business for sure. Um, we've had phenomenal success um, with Lab Created Diamonds and it is, again, something that I embraced when we were first introduced to that, I've got to say, at least five years ago. Um, so don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of technology. Just grab it with both hands and just go for it. You know, it's, it's really, really exciting. Mm, mm, fantastic no, that, that sounds that sounds great well we'll keep an eye on the growth of your diamond uh, business <laughs> and, uh, and some of the other things that you do look I think as an industry we are up for probably one of the greatest periods of change that we've seen in some time I've been going to trade fairs with our family since you know, the mid-70s you know it's now 2021 and if I was a young designer I, or a young retailer or entrepreneur or someone wanting to come into the business, I'd be seeking out those older members of our community that have generations of experience and sit down and talk to them and find out where they started and the lessons that they've learned and try and get some takeaways from them that can remind you of how great the trade is and and that, you know, you're going to have times where things are tough and you're going to struggle and you've got no idea how you're going to pay the bills. But the flip side is you're going to have some amazing experiences, have some beautiful customers, change people's lives, and I would hope at the end of every day go home knowing that you've made people happy. So I think for the younger uh, members of our jewellery community is seek out the older mentors 
And if you're going to a trade fair or a group meeting or going to a town, go and say hello, introduce yourself, have a coffee with them, pick their brains, because they're the, they're the meetings that will stay with you when you get older. And you, you know, there's, there's so many brilliant people in our jewellery industry. And just because they're a little older now doesn't mean they haven't got their finger on the pulse and they're very wise. She's not talking about you, Brett, don't worry. <laughs> no, you're older than me. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's some great advice for a lot of the, the younger people coming yeah, through. Yeah, I love that, Catherine. That was really yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's, it's been really interesting talking to you today and, and hearing so much how, that you, how much you champion the, the youth, uh, both in your business and in the community. And, yeah, moving forward, you're obviously – I think that's how you stay at the – the edge, like I asked you earlier, like seeing what's coming ahead, you, you keep a finger on the pulse of what the youth are doing as well because that is the, the next generation and the next customer, the next employee, the next staff member, whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, look, it's been fabulous talking. Just thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today on the Jewelers podcast, and I'm sure there'll be another chat in the, in the future as well. You're very welcome. It's been lovely to have a chat, and I'm always here. Thanks so much, Catherine. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in and don't forget to hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player. And if you're looking for new products, new ranges and new designs and want to catch up with the industry, then come along to the Jewellery Industry Fair this coming February in Melbourne. Register your ticket at jewelleryindustryfair.com and find out all the details about the event. We can't wait to see you there.